0: This is the Emergency Medical Minute. Real, raw, relevant emergency medical education. Please enjoy the show. First and foremost, as far as uh, uh, backdrop for what I'm gonna talk about, obviously we work in a chaotic environment. We're very time constrained. Uh, we deal with uh, uh, life and death situations. Sometimes we're constrained in resources, but ultimately our goal, obviously, is to do the best for our patients in terms of mitigating morbidity and mortality. Obviously, some of the things that we're concerned about is what happens to our pa- or what what can happen to our patients if we send them home, uh, and the, the worst thing that could happen, obviously, is death. So, what we're going to talk about is uh, some of the risk factors that have been gleaned from data uh, that can help us predict which patients are at high risk for these uh, 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 very bad outcomes. Okay. So when you're answering a clinical question like that, you want to go to the best available evidence, uh, and it ends up that uh, in February of 2017, there was a British uh, uh, medical journal, which is a very reputable journal, uh, equivalent to things like Lancet or New England Journal of Medicine, uh, that looked at uh, the uh, uh, risk factors that are associated with patients that were discharged from the emergency room Uh, and that uh, that subsequently died. So uh, as far as the objective of the study, uh, they uh, sought to uh, understand the risk factors, so sort of the things that uh, could have been gleaned uh, prior to the patient's discharge that were potentially associated with death. The methods, they actually uh, uh, studied Medicare uh, patients in the United States, Uh, for a 10-year period, it was over 10 million patients in this study, that's the biggest number of patients I've ever seen uh, in any study. They retrospectively studied that cohort to identify some aspect of their ER care that could have predicted uh, the outcome, which was death at seven days. They specifically excluded patients that were hospice or palliative care or that uh, carried a (laughs) diagnosis where they were expected uh, uh, to die within uh, the next year, like uh, end-stage malignancy, patients coming from a sniff. Uh, so what they did was they selected patients that were Medicare patients, so generally over 65, uh, and uh, sort of community healthy patients. And they looked at uh, what their uh, risk of death was, and it ends up that, sort of predictably, as we would under, uh, as we would glean from our own personal experience, it was low. It was 0.12 percent of the patients discharged uh, from these 10 million patients died within seven days, and their diagnoses. Sort of predictably uh, are things like, and I listed them here, atherosclerosis was the the autopsy diagnosis uh, for 13% of those patients. MI was 10%, so missed MI. COPD was 8%. And then I think very relevant to sort of our current uh, practice, uh, uh, paradigm shift, uh, narcotic uh, overdose generally for minor musculoskeletal complaints uh, was 2.3%. So I'll get back to that, but, you know, that sort of gives us a sense that those are high-risk conditions. But then the question is, what are sort of the high-risk discharges that are associated? What are the risk factors, right? What things could we uh, change in our practice that would heighten our awareness for these high-risk conditions that are clearly getting sent home? Are we sending home syncope patients uh, that uh, uh, subsequently die or chest pain patients? So what they did uh, is basically identify sort of the discharge diagnosis and say what the relative risk of death compared to all other diagnoses. So interestingly, uh, the way you interpret these risk ratios, and it's sort of a standard way of understanding how a risk factor is associated with an outcome, right? So if you said, well, what's the relative risk of any risk factor like smoking or obesity for an outcome measure like MI you could say if you have that risk factor if twice the amount of people die because they have that risk factor your relative risk is two okay so the number here is one which means that you know if it's not associated with a bad outcome it's going to be one so patients who had chest pain or things like syncope, those good patients, green, 14, when they got sent home, green, they were not at increased risk of death, which just means that the tools that we have at our disposal generally appropriately risk stratify those patients to a low enough risk category. Does that make sense? So yeah. interestingly, you know, you're know, sending home MI patients who die, but they didn't, they didn't have a discharge diagnosis of chest pain. So what are, the, what are the things that are associated with the relative risk? So you know, these numbers are one, three, five. So relative risk of death, if you're, if you're sending home a patient with altered mental status, or nonspecific dyspnea, or just malaise and fatigue, as compared to uh, the rest of uh, the patients that are being discharged home, that nonspecific discharge diagnosis is associated with a relative risk of death of three to five higher. So, I mean, I think that this is something that we all think about. Oh, which, which of these patients are we sending home uh, that are uh, at risk of death? It's not really the patients that we appropriately stratify for discharge home with syncope or chest pain or even things like non-specific abdominal pain. It's these non-specific complaints, and you could imagine things like dyspnea, malaise, fatigue. Uh, altered mental status, you know, those could be things that are in, uh, incipient presentations of a sepsis syndrome or uh, a nonspecific presentation of a stroke or atypical presentations like women or minorities uh, for acute coronary syndrome, right? So, and, you know, the the question is how's that applicable? I mean, I, I would say in that way, right? You, you say, uh, if I'm sending a patient home with this nonspecific diagnosis, you know, I know they're at at higher risk. Uh, You know, if I have appropriate concern, I bring it to the attention of the provider, or, you know, just, I mean, we're a team, trying to solve those problems, so bringing it up to them, I think, is really appropriate.